Hey folks, here we are. It's Wednesday, December 21st. I'm Tom Young and I'm here for AnchorFM.com podcast called Money Shifts and the Family Money Farm Group live on Facebook. Great story to talk about today. Some you know things happen every day in my life and what I do, and 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 I can always relate to those stories. Uh, you know, it's really all about multi generational planning, whether it includes college for the kids or whatever it is. There are ways to do it that actually grows your wealth. We start every presentation with prayers for everybody in the world. As we pray for those who have been affected by this COVID virus out of the Wuhan lab of China, uh, this has touched every person in the entire world, from the jungles of the Amazon to the sands of the Sahara uh, to, to uh, the plains of, of, of Russia and, and the far reaches of wherever. Everybody has been affected in some way, infected sometimes, but we have all been touched by this virus in, in somewhat negative ways. We pray for those who have had their health injured and destroyed. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. We pray for the loved ones who have been lost. Uh, we pray the Lord would open his arms and gather them into his kingdom of heaven above. We pray for those in Ukraine right now for the war between Russia and Ukraine where there's no obvious why is this happening. Uh, I don't understand it. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Putin has a reason, but we pray that the Lord would somehow intervene in these men's minds and bring some kind of peace to that region and stop the killing and the destruction. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, it's funny. I get on here every day, two or three times a week, and, and, and I have a quote. You know, we're still talking about Andrew Jackson, who was the eighth president of the United States. And uh, interesting stuff. Any man worth his salt will stick up for what he believes is, what he believes right. But it takes a slightly better man to acknowledge instantly and without reservation that he is in error. That is so amazing a statement for the atmosphere that we are in today in this country. So much information is, is being revealed about people and what they have done uh, <laughs> in trying to manipulate elections and politicians and manipulate how we think about things, our perceptions and our perspective of things, that, that, that is what's being revealed right now. Now, all of that being said, sometimes we have to think differently. We just have to make a decision that we are going to be, I'm going to be me. You're going to be you, and we're going to be independent thinkers. You know, in the book I'm reading, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill, that there is a whole two-thirds of the book is a conversation with the devil and how he takes control of so many people's thinking. 
And, and it's the biggest thing that I've gotten out of the whole book is that many, many people, most people become drifters. And drifters means drifting, having no purpose, uh, having no will of thought. In other words, no independent thinking. So you're just going with the flow and going with the crowd. And that leads to destruction for each and every one of us if we do that. Because if you do what everybody else does, drifting with the crowd, if you do what everybody else does, you only get the average of what everybody else got. And, and my friends, that isn't what I'm after. It has never been what I'm after. And I, I really believe in my heart that deep down, that's not what you're after. Maybe you have lost sight. Maybe if you have gone through some hard times in your life that simply took your focus away. Those dreams that you once had in your life about what you really thought it was going to be like, how great it was going to be, how amazing it was going to be. And you got beat up a little bit. Bad things happened. And you lost sight of what your real purpose in life is, to be the best you that you can be. Not to be what everybody else is or like everybody else, but to be the best you that you can be. I had a couple in earlier today, and, and you know, they're a great couple. They, they've been with me since 2004. And, and, and when I met them, you know, they got kids and, and, and they purchased a life insurance policy on each of them. And, and then they purchased another one a few years later. And right now we had a meeting today. They have a daughter that's, I don't know, 17, going to college next year. And, and we were having a discussion on how that was going to happen. Now, first thing we had was a discussion about how to do college. Now, I didn't go to a formal college, although I have all these initials after my name. So I have taken college courses over and over and on and on through my entire 47 years of being in this career that I'm in, in the financial world. So I have spent tens of thousands of dollars on educational courses through the American College and Bryn Mawr PA to get all these designations after my name. So I didn't have student loans. I didn't do that. And I just believe that right now, the onus of all of this is on the counselors at the college. Because when you decide to go to college, what are you going to become? What, what kind of a degree are you going to get? So somewhere along the way, I believe, my opinion, that you have to sit with a counselor at the college to discuss the curriculum that you're going to pursue to get a degree in such and such. Now, the problem with that is, is colleges generally are money-making institutions. They are in business to make money. They give professors tenure, which means they can never be fired. They reach a point where they're guaranteed a job for life. That's what tenure is, as I understand it. But the problem is this. 
Nobody analyzes on how to get the college credits in the most efficiency planning process that you can create on how to get those credits. So the college wants you to come and spend all of your money there, or at least the money you borrowed. So when you get out of college, you may have 30, 40, 60, 80, $100,000 or more of loans to pay for this education that you went through for the four or five years that you attended college. Then the problem comes is the occupation that you end up in after you get this magical degree that's supposed to be life-changing. And you end up with an income of $35,000, $45,000. And then you meet a lady in your life or you meet a guy in your life and you get married. And now maybe you got eighty or 90000 a year income between the two of you. And then all of a sudden there's kids. But, but wait a minute. You owe forty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 in student loans. And the payments for that loan are exorbitant and almost unpayable at your level of income. Now, let, let's dig, in, dig into this and figure out what was the problem. The problem was the counselor at the college never sat down and said, okay, if you get this degree, you're going to be able to get a job in this kind of field generally, and you're going to make X number dollars of money. And those X dollars of money that you're going to earn are not generally going to be enough money for you to live comfortably, food, shelter, and clothing, and pay back the student loan at the same time. Because the right spouse is going to come along, you're most likely going to get married, maybe children will start in your life, and all of this is going to become one huge stressful situation. So in my mind, whose fault does it fall on? It falls on the college and the counselor that didn't talk this through to make sure that you understood that you're not going to make enough money, generally, to be able to pay back these student loans. So maybe you should have went to a community college for the first year or two till you really decided the occupation you wanted to pursue so that you could pursue the correct education that would take you to a career or a job that would make you enough money to pay those college loans back. Now that's what everybody else is doing out there in general. This couple that was in my office today since 2004, when they first accepted my coaching and direction. So today we have close to 300,000 plus in cash value in those policies that have been purchased. And we just went over the programs today and all of them are generating more cash value in the policy than they are paying in premium. So no, wait a minute, Tom. So, so the values in these policies that have been there for 17, 18, 19 years have more value than all the money that they have paid in. 
and annually they are increasing in value by more than they're paying. Now, what is the importance of that? Well, as their oldest child gets ready to go off to college, it becomes an educational meeting. So if mom and dad are actually going to finance college, they're going to draw up a document between mom and dad and child that the child signs and agrees to pay this money back after they graduate college and get a job. Well, well why, why do they got to pay it back? Now, wait a minute. Let's step back and think for a minute because let's assume they went through college. They owe mom and dad $40,000. She mentioned the daughter is going to get scholarships, so they're only going to spend maybe around four or $5,000 per semester. Two semesters a year, that's about 10000 a year. Four years, they'd owe $40,000 on the policy loans. The child graduates college, gets a job. Now, what would be their incentive to pay mom and dad back? Well, I'll tell you what the incentive is. Number one, mom and dad are eventually going to pass away. We all get to die at least once in a lifetime. These monies that were borrowed are part of a large amount of life insurance in these several policies. So when mom and dad graduate, there is going to be a huge tax-free flood of money from those death benefits. So basically, the child that graduated college and pays the policy loans, pays mom and dad back, that refunds the policies, etc., are really the retirement plan for these students. Let, let's, let's, let's really get into this, folks, because this is, this is an amazing shift in perspective and perceptions of what this is all about. The life insurance policy is a capital accumulation vehicle. Yes, it's life insurance. When somebody dies, it pays a death benefit. It pays all the cash value and a death benefit on top of that with a dividend-paying mutual life insurance policy. Because I've heard people say, well, gee, when you die, the insurance company is going to keep your cash value. Duh. That's a lie. Those are only the people in that 99% of the companies out there that can't sell the kind of policies that I'm talking about. Less than 1% of all the 800-plus life insurance companies in America, less than 1% offer the kind of policies that I'm talking about. So let's, let's change our perspective and work on correcting some of our perceptions. I will pursue this further as we talk and go forward. But I wanted to get into that today to give you a framework. Remember, I build frameworks. I wanted to get into a framework of a long-term, multi-generational plan for a family. And I have several families right now that have been with me 15 or more years. And this is the fruition of the planning that we see happening. So these people are well positioned 
to create unbelievable amounts of wealth in the future, keep it all in the family, keep it away from the government, and keep it tax-free. Did you hear that? Tax-free. Let's get to the right kind of planning. You can reach me online, Thomas Young at firstconsultantsinc.com. That's a numeral one ST. Go to cfo-project.com. There it is. You can get both of my newest books, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project, and Financial Mastery Coaching, The Blueprint. Go to cfo-project.com, put in your name and email address, and you will get an email with a link in it to download both of those books cover to cover. You can also buy my books at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Big booksellers, they all have access to my book, which was published by Dorrance Publishing in Pittsburgh. You can, I guess you can order it through them also. So God bless you. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas if I don't hear you or see you or talk to you again. But I will be back on here again Friday and we will continue this discussion of macroeconomic planning and developing passive residual income inside the family unit that not only protects grandma and grandpa, mom and dad, junior or sister or whoever, and then the grandkids. So let's get in the game because there are hard times coming in America. The Federal Reserve is in trouble. They have overextended. They have loaned money beyond their ability to collect it back. What does that tell you about a bank that has loaned out more money to people than the people can actually pay back? That's what the 31 plus trillion dollars of debt with the federal government and 172 trillion dollars of unfunded liability. God bless you. Have a great day. And if I don't speak to you again, have a wonderful, blessed, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.